Hey everybody, before we get started, I just wanted to let you in on the biggest event of the millennium. I'll just say it. I'll, <laughs> I'll call my shot. Uh, some of you have heard about this before, but in case you haven't, uh, March 13th will be the first, hopefully, annual Gateway Casters Cup. It is going to be a trivia tournament, a hockey trivia tournament, for charity. So here are the details. It's March 13th. It's uh, at Center Ice Brewery downtown, which is right by um, Pappy's and Southern's right off the SLU campus. Not hard to find. Uh, it is from 7 to 9 p.m. on March 13th. Uh, and basically, it's a trivia tournament for uh, several podcasts around the area we're in. I think I know some of the others that are in, but I won't tell you yet. You're going to have to show up and find out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's going to be beer there that's available for purchase. That's going to be great. Uh, there's food that can be bought at Pappy's or Southern's or anywhere you want to eat. You can bring in food. You can make food, I guess. You can yeah. uh, You can pay to cater the whole event for us. You can get one of them like 7,000 Raising Cane's <laughs> chicken fingers thing, but Ooh, he won't like it I can't because eat he's got a weird relationship with Raising Cane's that he'd rather not discuss. <laughs> uh, it's going to be $20 per ticket. All the proceeds, we're just going to leave it. We're not going to tell anybody. You can eat at Raisin Cane's, okay? <laughs> Everyone else can. Just this not me. This isn't like a racist thing or anything. It's just you. They don't let me in anymore. <laughs> All the proceeds from this event are going to charity. Uh, half of it is to the Parkinson's Foundation. Uh, that's a charity close to Jeff's heart. Jeff is the wonderful gentleman who started this and creates all our gifts for us and is all-purpose awesome, uh, does a lot of things. And uh, half of the charity also, half of the proceeds will also go to a charity of the winning team, a.k.a. our choice. Mm -hmm. So for 20 bucks, you can come, you can play in the event, you can be on our team. Uh, and then on top of that, there are raffle prizes. Uh, there are a buck a piece for a raffle ticket. Uh, the prizes that are announced so far are an autographed blues puck, an autographed history, a, an autographed copy, I can't speak, this is very cool, of the Down Goes Brown history of the NHL, and then two tickets for the March 23rd Blues game against the Lightning at the Starship Enterprise. Uh, this is going to be an awesome event. We want you there. There are a few spots left on our team. As, as, and as we've said every time we mention this, we need you yeah. desperately. We're not very good. So please come save us. Uh, we'd love to see you there. We're going to have uh, Ian and I will both be there. Uh, occasional professional co-host Justin Horniger <laughs> will be there. Avs correspondent Jordan will be there. All the greats. All the legends. <laughs> um, it's going to be a great time and it's going for a great cause. So uh, hit us up on Twitter at Two Guys No Cup if you'd like to join and help us win. Help us bring home the trophy, which really exists, I think. Peace and back to the show. What's up, everything? The Blues are up all the way up to third place in the Central Division. To quote Talking Heads, you may ask yourself, well, how did we get here? We'll discuss that ahead. We'll also give you a little taste of how the two of us got to 75 episodes, and then we'll take on all the hardest questions Reddit has to offer. We've got all that and more ahead, so let's get started, and let's go Blues! 
Welcome back, everyone. This is the Two Guys No Cup podcast. It is Friday, December 15th. It is cold and snowy outside. It is... I've got nothing else. It's, it's the winter. day after Valentine's Day, which is probably some other saint's day, which is just sad for him. Uh, <laughs> we are recording this podcast from atop the back of a wild Kangaskhan in the Safari Zone. Because why not? How do you feel about Kangaskhanian? Um, I never liked the ones that didn't evolve when I was younger. Me neither. I was like, they were you know, just lame. Yeah. I know that Kangaskhan's mega evolution is just the baby Kangaskhan out of his pouch standing next to him. Really? The evolution That's is just excellent. that that one moves now <laughs> on its own. How mega. And indeed, indeed, so mega. Uh, so we're on a K- Kangaskhan. It's cool, and uh, yeah, I got nothing else. I got. <laughs> that's that's, a, nor- the end of the that's a normal type Pokemon. It's quite boring, really. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the February the fifteenth is the Saints Hovita and Faustinus Day. So sorry, you got the short end of the stick <laughs> on that one. All right, uh, why don't we get started with? This little factoid, the Blues are like a good hockey team mm-hmm. now. Eight in a row. A row. Uh, row, row, row your boat. I guess. Not. Sorry. <laughs> or not. A uh, big swing and a miss. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the Blues are red hot. We're red hot. Everyone's red hot. And all our sponsors mm-hmm. and the fans. Um, before we jump in here... It is our 75th episode, and so... That's a golden (laughs) That's a very weird thing that I don't believe, because it feels like... It feels like this has been a part of our lives forever, and also is still just (laughs) brand new. Mm -hmm. And so, we just thought we'd take a minute to tell you who we are in case you're new here. So, Ian, take it away. Well, I'm Ian, and across from me is Steven. Um, It's always been like that. There's never (laughs) been another person across from me. It's just been us two. There have been other people across from me occasionally. Yeah, there have been. I haven't been around for that. (laughs) Very fight clubby. I can't get this can of hard cider open to show what a badass. Yeah, yeah, that's really just... A comment on the podcast, really. I mean, (laughs) we are the hard cider of podcasts. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you're new to the podcast or you've just started listening uh, recently. We started doing this the summer of 2017. Yep. Wow. Okay. <laughs> sure. Time to kill ourselves. Yeah. And uh, it's 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 been a fun ride. We just kind of decided to start doing a podcast. As me and Stephen talk hockey, anyways. We were talking hockey. We've we've talked about how we don't remember when we started talking hockey, it but it just sort of happened. A long time ago. Yeah, it just sort of came into being, like the universe, just sort of <laughs> in memoriam. The big puck theory. Yep. Um. And we just thought it'd be fun to, to be able to connect with people and sort of broadcast it and see if see if anyone was interested in what we had to say, see if we could create maybe a, a tiny niche of a community out of it. Really, that wasn't even the goal. That was just to kind of have fun and talk, and it sort of has sprang a tiny niche of a community, and it's quite amazing, really. Yeah, it is. We've made friends. We've made enemies. Not really. I don't think we have. You know who you are. (laughs) 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've just been we've been doing it. If you're listening here but haven't followed us on Twitter, which I think is unlikely, you can find us at Two Guys No Cup there and on Instagram. All of that is spelled out in letters. If you're from Twitter and you haven't listened to us here, welcome and stick around. Whatever you hear today will be what we do because it's nonsense. It's our, it's meticulously planned nonsense, mm. but it is nonsense. <laughs> and we've always loved this team, and we've never harped on them. We're always just <laughs> we as are, positive we as we're the going most to be. positive podcast. There aren't any players on this team about whom we have any qualms or doubts. Mm. I've never wanted you to can, trade a single one. You can expect totally unbiased coverage from here on out. And I guess we can just leap into it. It's... This team is red hot and the best team ever. It is. It and it always has and it always been. has been. Let's just put this in perspective. We're gonna jump right into the games here, but let's put it in perspective. Jump right in fifteen minutes into recording. No, it's That's, only nine. If you're new, this is how it works. <laughs> this is where we get to. But um put this in perspective. On January first, technically January third, but it was easier to go by January first. On January 1st, on New Year's Day, the Blues were 15, 18, and 4, and near the bottom of the entire league. On January 3rd, they were in last place in the entire league. On February 15th, which is today, they are 29, 22, and 5, and third place in the Central Division. Not a bad, not bad, not a big deal. On January 1st, Vladimir Tarasenko had 22 points, 11 goals, and 11 assists. On February 15th, he has 46 points, 24 <laughs> goals, and 22 assists. Uh, excuse me, a Cy Young contender, that hard, ab- that <laughs> hard, hard apple cider is hitting me real Woof. hard. <laughs> uh, he is a contender for the Cy Young, but not a strong one. He's doing real well for himself. And then on January 1st, Jordan Bennington hadn't even made a career NHL start. <laughs> and now on February 15th, he's 11-1-1 with a goals against average of 169. Nice. <laughs> and a save percentage of 931 along with three shutouts. At least one of which I think was against a good team. <laughs> um, what about that transformation, Ian? What do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> Uh, I still don't believe it. I'm still <laughs> just instinctively. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I just don't. This, how it's, it feels so long ago, and it's weird to say that this team was just a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. It feels like long in the past. It feels like a maybe a November. It feels like they were bad in November, and they were bad in November. But it feels like that was the last time they were bad. Mm -hmm. But they stunk it up in December. They had a whole other month between them that they were bad. And I've completely forgotten about it because these eight games have slightly erased (laughs) all the bad. (laughs) I still remember. Yeah. But I can't say I'm going to let it ruin what's happening now. This is... I'm, it's not unprecedented. We've done this before and within the last six, seven years, but it feels unprecedented in the last two or three. Yeah, I think, I mean, we'll talk a little bit. This is going to be one of our most positive podcasts ever because what is there to complain about? We'll talk a little bit about how 
you should we should probably be measured in our responses to what's happening right now mm-hmm. and care- cautious there but there's no reason to be measured in your enjoyment of what's happening now because it's insane <laughs> it's bonkers i thought i you know i'm still shell shocked from the first half of the season and so going into arizona i thought trap game we're doomed it's mm-hmm. over it's we're screwed and then they just blew the doors off of them <laughs> and this is a team that beat this team six to one earlier in the season oh, yeah. which was also off like a red hot victory. was that that may have been right after the huge colorado yeah. overtime win with pareco um yeah if it, it was incredible so this whole week has been great. Why don't we just leap in with the mm-hmm. first Nashville game? The Blues played the Nashville Predators back-to-back this past weekend, home and away. Um, if you're in a back-to-back series, would you rather have the home game first or the away game first? I would rather have the away game first, I, I think. I think so, too, yeah. Great job, NHL. <laughs> you screwed us. Catering, catering to, to the Predators, yeah. as always. That Southern bias. <laughs> that you've always had. <laughs> um, the first period, there was a scrap with Maroon and McLeod getting the, getting the temperature set early. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a nice pleasing color palette. <laughs> You're welcome for that. Did note. I say that or no, did you? you? I wrote said that. that. They <laughs> are. Look at these gifts. These no, are, they're great. It's like, a good... I... These are the best Predators jerseys that they've had, like, across Those the entire... Those lights are nice. Yeah, yeah, the ways are much nicer than the homes, but, like, they're, they're much nicer than any of the weird silver crap they used to have, or the really dark blue and kind of, like, I'm gonna say, like, darker mustard, a Dijon uh-huh. mustard yellow... Um, and those heritage, the blues oh, yeah. jerseys, like I grow numb to it a little bit sometimes, but good God, those things. Oh, are they just pretty. pop. I always think when I see like Mackenzie McEachern in one, I'm like, oh, look, you maybe you would have never had this jersey, but now look where you are. You get one of these cool jerseys. Do you think when it comes time for the next like raw, like the next jersey update that that just becomes our primary? They should. And then like we do a different third or something. They really should just because the ones they wear now or, like, iterations of what they wore a couple years ago, which were iterations uh-huh. of what they wore in, like, the two, like early 2000s. And they've just had that dark blue note for a long yeah. time. And that's and been it's fine. been forever since they've tweaked the blue note, which, yeah. again, they're not... I wouldn't suggest changing it, but it's always changed shape a little bit and mm-hmm. color a little bit, you know. I, I would love to see away versions of these jerseys. Oh, that'd be Ooh. sick. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway, uh, so the goal, the scoring starts with Vince Dunn about five minutes in. Uh, he gets a nice drop pass, a drop pass that actually worked from Robert Thomas and fired a puck on net. Uh, he skated, or excuse me, yeah, he fired a puck on net, and then he skated in undetected and collect the rebounds and planted it beyond Rene. You had a comment here on PK Subban. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Uh I think a lot of people probably feel like this, but I I really do love P.K. Subban. I think he's a great player. Uh-huh. He's a great defenseman. I agree. I'd love to have probably him on this team. Probably a good team. leader. A yeah. Good, a good person in the community. Mm. Great boyfriend to Lindsey Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On. Yep. I hate P.K. Subban <laughs> so much. Holy shit. Like, the guy always plays big man when either he's down on the ice, just yanking at someone's ankles, or they're down on the ice, and he's just holding them down. 
totally get it from his perspective, do anything to win. From the other perspective, I, it's so fucking trashy. I hate it so much. And the dude complains all the time, too. It's just like, shut your yap and play D. And to be honest, even though I think I just said he's a good defenseman, I don't think he's that great at defense anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking shit. Uh, I mean, he's fine. He's not bad. But yeah. like for being like a star defenseman, he's much more two-way, more offensive yeah, yeah. than he ever is like a guy that's like a stalwart defenseman in his own zone. Again, kind of like a... Jonathan Taves, where I'm like, oh yeah, on my team, no problem. On the any other team, fucking disgusting. Yeah. Hate them so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think O'Reilly looked really good this game as well. I mean, he didn't have any interactions with PK Subban, yeah. so maybe that's why. Commentators but. talked about Pang talked about how like pissed he was this game. He just seemed like was this the national game or the next one was the national? I no, the Sunday one. Was yeah, the this was the local one. They were just talking about how I think he was getting pissed at like non calls or just getting hooked a lot or getting kind of getting worked over and having nothing called for him. But you could see for once it was starting to crack a little. Future Lady Bing Trophy winner, late Ryan (laughs) O'Reilly. I'm I'm future Lady Bing Trophy Lady (laughs) Bing. Oh, he gone crazy. Uh, <laughs> the Blues get their second goal near the end of the period off a sick backhand assist by uh, Braden Shin. Secondary assist? Mm-hmm. No, a regular mm-hmm. assist, and it was sick. Uh, he backhanded it to Tarasenko, who fired that snap wrist shot that he's found again, and it's oh so beautiful. Man. And Pecorine. Does not look good on this, but how could he? I mean, he beats him off the far post. Look what at this gift, do? though. Like, there's four... Courtesy of the aforementioned and wonderful Jeff, a.k.a. at Hockey Feed STL, a.k.a. 14th and Clark, <laughs> a.k.a. Yeah. something else. Yeah, the thank, awesomeness. Thank you, wonderful Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> but there's four Predators that all have their numbers showing to Tarasenko. Yep. Oh my. Not a good look. All of them puck watching. What about the stalwart D? Who's that? Who's number? Let's see. It's number... 11? 10? 10. Someone, whip, someone whips around real quick like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. It looks uh, great, folks. Uh, <laughs> this is great for the audio medium. It is indeed. Um, first period thoughts. What did you think overall? I mean, obviously we finished... Up to nothing, yeah. so that's good. Um, we'd been playing well before this game. We'd beat Tampa just the game before on uh-huh. Thursday. Um, you know, I felt good. I was just a little worried because it is Nashville. And even though they were at home and they're away, it's still like, ooh, two goals is not enough. I just knew it wasn't enough, but I felt good about the game, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. I it was know. exciting. It felt like the first time maybe... I don't know if you texted this or or uh, Casey correspondent Justin texted us <laughs> this, but uh, it just felt like forever since our last division game. I yeah. mean, maybe it hadn't been. Maybe we played Dallas or something, but I feel like Nashville. I think, so. think it had been a while. Nashville, Chicago, Winnipeg, those feel like, maybe even Minnesota feel like the rivalry, rivalry yeah. games. I feel like Avs, Dallas, not as much. I'm like, eh. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's what I have to say for you. Sorry, Jordan. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think in the first period overall, we just looked like a polished team. And Bennington is just, he's so friggin' calm Mm -hmm. for like a 25-year-old 
kid who's never been exposed to this. I mean, I guess on the bright side, he's 25, and he's had a lot of hockey under his belt, but mm. he's also in his, you know, this is like a playoff field yeah. game, and it doesn't seem above his head at all. They mentioned this, we can talk about this for a sec, uh, on 31 Thoughts this week about how some goalies think that in the AHL it's harder to play goal mm-hmm. than it is in the NHL, and that's just not... more random weird Yeah, just happens. like mistakes are made in the AHL that doesn't happen in the NHL. You can predict a lot more in the NHL. If I you get beat, you just get sure. beat. Yeah. It's not some weird, like, oh my god, what? <laughs> if you've ever played, not to like say these are the same thing at all, but if you've ever played like a game, like a video game or card game or anything like competitively, uh-huh. and there's like a meta to it, there's a meta game, you know how that works, but then... So that's how you know how the high school people play. But then if you play like low, a low skill person, you might get your ass handed to you, and you're like, "Well, why? Why is that happening?" And it's because they're playing a whole different yeah, game. Right. They're not playing by their own weird rules, and you're like, "Oh, I didn't know people did this." Yeah. <laughs> and right. so yeah, that's, that's just a good analogy, actually. Yeah. It's just really weird. As opposed to all the shitty analogies. <laughs> I have. I get about one out of every ten. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. And I mean, well gush about him plenty throughout this but yeah what a revelation he's been mm-hmm. uh matthias Eckholm, he scored his seventh goal of the season about seven and a half into the um f- second period and uh, while we're on the subject of praising bennington <laughs> not so good yeah and the other way <laughs> yeah if we're gonna give alan crap for letting in goals this i mean he gets a chunk of it and it just goes in you should never get a chunk of it i know the puck Man, is not i got big. a chunk of it <laughs> uh but yeah i mean the preds made a queen zone entry it looked offside originally but it wasn't ekholm took a wide weird angle and shot on bennington and it might have deflected off Petrangelo's stick but i don't think it really did and um <clears throat> It just it hit Bennington and he didn't save it. It just wasn't good, but that's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to let that go when you've allowed more than two goals and only, I think, three of your starts. And mm-hmm. one of those was like a slaughter fest that you were probably half asleep when the third goal went <laughs> in. So, um, Mackenzie Mac 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 Mackern <laughs> scored his second goal of his career and season. That would ultimately be the game-winning goal, spoiler alert. Um, and uh, this was a, really an effort play by Rob Thomas. Uh, he uh, pushed Edler around. No, I'm kidding. It was Ham use anyway. But yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was just a play, a 50-50 open possession puck that he just tried harder to get to than Dan Ham use did. I don't know if Ham use had been out for a while or what the case was, but he got there first. Uh, he shot it on. Rene saved it, and Barbashev jammed away. Rene saved that, and then McEachern reached in and slapped it in. It was a nice. Um, <clears throat> it was just a nice overall effort play by that fourth line that's been humming this whole time. I mean, we're we're going to talk about mm-hmm. the first line, but that fourth line deserves a lot of credit for what they're doing in limited minutes. Mm-hmm. And Robert Thomas is oh oh my god, he's just. I mean, we th- for a year. We were the guys that were, like, too high on Robert Thomas, and Mm -hmm. I still might be, but, oh, just everything you're seeing out of him lately, just really. I mean, you don't see the mistakes and stuff anymore that he was making as much. I mean, I'm sure Mm. they happen, but, oh, he's looked good. He's going to be, I think he's going to have a breakout season next year. Yeah, for sure. You'll see it. 
Um, we'll all see. <laughs> You'll see. We'll teach you. Uh, there was a huge wraparound save by Bennington at the end of this period. You want to mention that since that was your pet project? Don't forget it. <laughs> they always talk about big saves, and I swear it's always the other direction. I'm sure I'm just being negative, but it's always like, ooh, that Talbot save... That's what they'll be the one that keeps the Oilers in the game and they beat us or something. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, this was a huge Bennington save. Massive. Holy crap. I was like, please, please, please let this mean something. And it did. Um, the, uh, yeah, the Preds did score again in the third, late in the third. Uh, you want to comment on anything that happened before that? No. No. <laughs> no. Okay. No, I did like, we were talking about uh, Subban a little bit. But uh, McEachern was getting in his face, and it was pissing PK off enough to take a swipe at him. And I like any time some guy that's been in the NHL for a hot second is able to piss off an NHL veteran somehow with whatever they say. Uh-huh. I'm sure they're always thinking they're like a hot punk or whatever. But it's I like when we have a little tenacity, a little uh, abrasiveness. Before, we always talked about how Perron was kind of like our abrasiveness. Mm. That was it. I mean, I guess Maroon for being a big body, but we just don't really have, have it that much. But I think you kind of have guys like Edmondson and Bortuzzo, and I think McEachern's going to be a little more of a guy that bangs bodies up here. And I, I like what I've seen from him thus far. It's nice to see. I've, it's weird to say. It's good to see that he doesn't do it, or he does do things other than just score. Mm-hmm. But you would think that'd be flip-flopped, you know. Yeah. Scoring would be the added bonus. But really, it's like, you know, I'm glad that you... Are able to mix it up with guys too. Yeah, agreed. And he's got really good speed too, as he'll show in his next goal. Spoiler alert. Um, so, uh, yeah, the Preds did score late to make this more interesting than most of us would have liked. Ryan Johansson's eleventh mm-hmm. goal of the season. Uh, it was a kind of a fluky play where the puck went up into the air and. Johansson tracked it better than everybody and just kind of slapped it in right as it hit the ice. It was a nice play by Johansson, uh, even though <clears throat> he sucks. Oh, he'll and get so, his. <laughs> so uh, credit to him, but the Blues did a good enough job holding off the six on five to get the win. And I got to tell you, I have not enjoyed or felt more like into a hockey game mm. in a long, long, long time than this yeah. one. When that final, like minute or so was happening and you were just like on the edge of your seat and jumping up and down and like freaking out and i can't i think it was this one where i audibly like scream like whooped and hollered at the end of it just like woo you know just because it happened and it was great uh vladimir tarasenko had a post-game interview and in his typical broken english shared his thoughts on the game he said first of all thank you guys the fans for support it was unreal tonight as always we all know we had a tough start i feel like now the team come really close together you know (laughs) this was important road trip for us an important game for us at home to get the win in front of you guys so thank you for support and we get we're gonna prepare for tomorrow and then he said we know what kind of team nashville have they have always played well uh they always have a good team especially after tampa bay game we were prepared to compete for each other and if you want to play in the playoffs you have to beat those teams so you know you have to play them hard right now and then finally he said about the next game it's going to be a fun one 11 30 in the morning so we will go for win again classic um i love like i I love that i give him crap for speaking mildly broken english when he's basically fluent and i speak no russian (laughs) dostoevsky dosvidanya i know two words that start with those and nothing else 
Kremlin. But yeah, I mean, this what a game this was. Very even on the stat sheet. 31 shots on goal by the Preds, 33 by the Blues. Faceoffs were 50-50. But Preds have one power play and one conversion, um, which I guess was the first one? Was that a power play I goal? I guess, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I did write that. I just didn't say it. And then... Um, the Blues were 0 for 3, but the penalty minutes were about the same. Predators out-hit us, but we out-blocked them, and we gave away more pucks. Second game! <laughs> uh, yeah, you just wait for one day, for once a matinee game doesn't ruin your day, mm-hmm. and you wait eagerly for the next game, and the Blues show right up and stick it down these damn Predators' throats again! <laughs> And it's one to nothing before you can blink an eye. Alex Petrangelo, with his sixth goal of the season, takes a shot off of the shins of somebody. Um, was that Ekholm, maybe? Whoever it is, he sucks. And Robert <laughs> Thomas and Ryan O'Reilly assisted. Uh, a minute and a half later, more or less, two minutes later, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko got his 20th goal of the season. Jay Vomeister with an assist and Colton Pareko. This was just a sick old Vladdy snipe. He raced in on the left side, and the Predators defenseman went down uh, in Petrangelo fashion to try and stop him, but he didn't, and Tarasenko found the far corner. I don't think Soros had a great angle Yeah, I was going to say, look at that angle. (laughs) But, you know, he still found the twine, so credit to Vladdy, but yeah, it was not a good angle. He's guarding a little too much of the post there. That's a bad angle is what that (laughs) is, Um, but it was a sick shot regardless. I do like Soros' yellow pads, though. Yeah, they they are nice with that home. I wonder how they'd look with the away. We'll never know. Disgusting. <laughs> uh, the Preds scored. Victor Arvidsson uh, got a nice shot here on uh, Allen that we sort of let... Um, or, sorry, Ellis took the nice shot, and then we sort of let Arvidsson bat it in mm-hmm. on the rebound. Oh, yes, we Allen was in this game. Yes, it was. Jake Allen's first start since, like... 1692. January 24th or something, some long, long time. Uh, <laughs> did that well, wasn't the Columbus I one. Was I say, just that's picked just a random. Maybe Plymouth Rock or something. Anyway, Tyler Bozak, uh, he scores. And were there really five goal, four goals in the first six minutes of this game? I remember it being hot, but not that hot. And then it just stopped for two periods. <laughs> uh, Tyler Bozak makes it three to nothing off just a wicked backhand shot. This was a weird, like, Tyler Bozak is, and I've heard Toronto people talk about this too, where he has, like, a weird amount of skill, Mm -hmm. and he just doesn't always, like, put it together, you know? And this backhand is, like, one of the best backhand snipes you'll ever see. Uh, It's from distance. yeah, Yeah, it's way out, and it's, like, high and off the, like, right in the top corner. It's as good as it gets. Uh, that was like a Chris Stewart backhand. I remember that about oh, him distinctly. Damn. He had like a wicked backhand. Uh, so yeah, so it's three to one, and then there are two periods of play that were, I mean, they were fun, but they were uneventful in terms of uh, goals. And the Blues enter the third period up three to one. How are you feeling at this point of the game and the weekend? You know, I'm feeling pretty confident at this point, just because we won the one at home. We're up three one. I know it's in Nashville. I still felt like they'd probably end up tying it just because that's the way these sorts of things go. But I felt confident that that's we could at least win it. it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and they did indeed tie it off goals from Roman Yossi and the aforementioned Victor Arvidsson, who was selected with a pick that was originally the Blues. Good work, Doug. Great. Um, we traded up the year before to draft somebody, Zach Pochiro, I think, who was a St. Louis native but never made the NHL. And anyway, nobody wanted to know that. So uh, Roman Yossi scored on a wraparound. It wasn't even Magnus Payarvi or Dimitri Askin. Um, it's funny because I think of wraparounds as Dimitri or as Magnus Payarvi's thing. And then whenever somebody complains about it on Twitter, it's always Dimitri Askin. But in any case, this time it was Roman Yossi and he beats Alan, who didn't do a particularly great job. Of actually, he did a very terrible job. He overskates his post and has no leverage to get back over, and so Yossi has a wide open net. Mm. Any thoughts on that goal? Uh, it was too bad because it looked like he did get a big chunk of it, or like it went off the pads uh. enough, right? Yeah, not the greatest look, but it had also just seemed like no one was stopping him on the wraparound, anyways. Like, no, someone lost their man as he was coming in. Yeah, you were angrier when you took these notes, so I'm. I'm sorry we can't read. Oh no! This, sorry. But... Let me go back. But hold yeah. on, hold on. <laughs> Fucking ooh. <laughs> when he plays, here's what I wrote. Hold on. <clears throat> when he plays the far side right before the wraparound, Alan is guarding the post. He's in front of the right post. Why? Uh, in all fairness, someone needs to take you out that play. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think both of those are right. Uh, Alan obviously overskates. He doesn't know where he is in the net, and so he thinks he's skating into the post, and he's just past it, and so he doesn't have the leverage to push off and get to the other post to try and guard it in time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, somebody needs to be on jersey yeah. and doing something. It was there. a bad look overall. Yeah. 1692, on March 1st, the Salem Witch Trials started. <laughs> on Salem Witch Trials? I actually was going to say that before I said Plymouth Rock. Damn it! Um, Three women were charged with witchcraft. Uh, yeah. I hope they're doing okay. <laughs> Did they make it? Did they? I, think, I think they had a good defense lawyer. Uh, I hope so. I say if they sink, they're the witch. <laughs> uh, We're having a good time. Objection! Uh, Victor Arvidsson had an objection to the Blues holding the lead and scored the tying goal, making it 3-3. to Ian is very proud. He <laughs> skated right, or Johansson skated right through like three defenders. Not great. And then passed back to Arvidsson. Ah, uh, this was not particularly pretty. Mm. And Arvidsson buried it. But. <laughs> what? This I, I don't think. I haven't seen this gift. <laughs> this is too funny. <laughs> the Tarasenko. Yeah, sorry. Continue. Describe this. <laughs> but Vladimir Tarasenko scored his 21st of the season. Ryan O'Reilly with a sick dish. <laughs> and um, uh, Tarasenko's wide open in the circle. Ian is dying of laughter. Uh, no, lean into Mar to the mic. I'm Let sorry. people hear you. Uh, uh, Tarasenko takes a shot that bounces right off of the defenseman. Number four. I should know who that is, but Dallas. I want to say it's home. always at home. That's one of the two. Um, but yeah, um, it took a weird, weird bounce. 
and beat Sarah's. And then there was a very angry fan. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff, uh, for zooming in on this guy just chucking his beer or something <laughs> at the ground and behind Sarah's. popcorn something. Oh, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Um, there was a point right after this where St. Louis had had eight odd man rushes and scored on two, and Nashville had had none. And then at 10, point, 10 minutes left in the third, the Blues had a season high of 26 block shots, and Nashville only had three. I do like, what I really like about the Tarasenko goal is it was right after the equalizer. Oh, I know. That's always like, good. Crap, crap, crap. Clean it up. And they did, uh, but they couldn't hold on for the rest of the period and allowed a tying goal. Philip Forsberg, 20th goals of the season. His 20th goal of the season. Um, <clears throat> what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, was, was, who was this? Preko, Bomeister, and Tarasenko have like a nice triangle of nobody's doing nothing <laughs> around Forsberg after he takes the first shot, gets his own rebound. And no, like they're, I don't know what they're looking at. I mean, he's right there. I, they're trying to find the puck, but oh my god, they just find it so slow. Yeah, and I mean, I can't, I can't crap on Allen for any of this because the guy's just like almost in the blue paint. Uh-huh. And it's a nice shot. I mean, it's a nice shot on the rebound, right up and over the glove. But yeah, you've got three guys there. Literally, literally in this frame, it's the goalie and three Blues players on Philip Forsberg going doop 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 do doop. Yeah, so it was not a... it's it sucked for the, t- the tie it right yeah uh-huh. that sucked that that was the tying goal so like that could have easily been prevented mm-hmm. yeah for sure it was not great um so it went to overtime both teams held on until overtime we concede a point to the predators which isn't ideal but all things considered i'll allow it and <laughs> vladimir tarasenko scores 16 seconds into overtime to get his first hat trick since 2016 um it was a sick just sort of move around friggin uh i forget who the last person he moves around is, oh but yossi both arvidson and yossi thank you and um just bury it i mm. mean it was just a classic not even classic it was more than his best you know because of the deke too and then just roof it over um sorrows and obviously you've seen the goal but you tell him about it anyway. <laughs> oh man, that's I mean, that's amazing. He really dummies Yossi there. Mm-hmm. I'm can't. Do you remember we went to a game where the Blues played the Jets? I think it was, and the Jets won the faceoff oh, and then God. immediately scored. I think it was Line A. It was the weirdest. Like I have never seen whatever fifteen thousand people act in unison with no prompting. But we all just silently just stood up and walked. <laughs> yeah, out. I swear there was not a single groan. <laughs> no, it was just in silent. that whole place. It's it like, like, oh, <laughs> like I guess it's over. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna oh sneak past. <laughs> <laughs> Nashville was a lot more upset about this. But man, for the hat trick for oh, like, there's controversy. It was such a fun goal. I mean, it was such a fun goal. It was such a fun game. It was a fun weekend of hockey. That's the biggest part that made it feel like the playoffs. Not only was it like the actual play, uh-huh. but you played the same team back to back. It was like, oh, it felt like springtime and it was oh, I love playoff hockey. It's ruining my life, but I love playoff <laughs> this hockey. This was the one where too I just screamed out loud when it happened. Just mm. like I couldn't contain it. Well myself. we talked about how we thought two points was you know, two points out of this weekend would be good. Yeah. That'd be like a really good measure for this team. That's for the blues have been playing really hot. And to get 
four, and then to get the two in uh, Tampa was, I mean, unreal. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll gladly concede the one point to Nashville to get this ending, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, They'll come back and bite us when we don't get home ice. It will. But, going. Um, this was Tarasenko's 10th career OT winner, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. His 200th career goal, his fourth career hat trick. He says, yeah, I just tried to take it to the net, just had to beat one guy. Good things happen when you go to the net. A pearl of wisdom from his recently... Uh, unemployed friend yours. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, before I forget, because I will forget, I should mention that between these two games, Mackenzie McEachern earned himself a one-year contract extension one way. Mm-hmm. So he's staying in the bigs uh, for 750000 I believe, was the number, which seems like, oh, that's a cheap contract. But that dude made $750,000 in a weekend, so he's doing all right. Um, <laughs> Don't so, feel bad for him. <laughs> in case you were trying to pity that NHL player, don't! <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Uh, Tarasenko did not get a contract extension after this game, but I would have given him one. Seven <laughs> years, $11 billion. Uh, thoughts? Oof. Thoughts on this game overall, and then we can get to Dropgate. Oh God, um, it was. Did it, you forget about Dropgate? I remembered, but I. Stupid Ryan Johan. You know, let's just get right to that. Okay, let's start with Dropgate. Ryan Johansson, the biggest snowflake <laughs> in the NHL. Um, smarten up. <laughs> Tough enough. He's got a good Canadian boy, but he's got to smarten up. Gotta smarten up. That's a Don Cherry impression for those of you who don't know. I thought I did a really a really good one of those the other day after one beer at the Blues game. You did, yeah. <laughs> well, because my dad doesn't know you're Don drinking Cherry a beer is. right now, so you <laughs> you're gonna have to give it to us afterwards. Um, but let it come organically. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when Don Cherry comes <laughs> up, <laughs> you know how organic when Don a racist Cherry is. thing happens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anything that's mildly racist or bigoted or sexist or just like an old man thought in any way, that's right in Don Cherry's wheelhouse. So try and slide that in while we keep talking. But for now, let's talk about friggin' Ryan Johansson and his friggin' bogus opinions on things. He thought this call was bullshit, and he said as much. He said he complained about the opening puck drop uh, on the faceoff for opening overtime. There was some alliteration that you love so much. Um, But he said, yeah, it's too bad. I thought it was a very unfair drop. The ref drops the puck, and my stick's not down, and he's skating away like it doesn't matter, and it totally impacts the game. We saw it with... I'm sure he pronounced that just like I did. Come on! <laughs> we saw it with our game in Dallas. I mean, we won the faceoff, and we can end the game. That possession we started is huge. That's all that matters. I mean, we played our butts off, and they played their butts off, and it comes down to a mistake like that, and that should be addressed because that's not fair. You know O'Reilly's an incredible <laughs> faceoff guy, and I just want it to be fair, and it's too bad it ended like that. My stick wasn't even on the ice, so... Peter Laviolette, Ryan Johansson's head coach, sort of dismissed his view on things and said basically, um, he said he looked at it quick but didn't see much there. He also said that O'Reilly is a good face-off guy and got underneath Johansson. So suck it. 
mm. a dick, as uh, <laughs> who was it? Oscar Sundquist. Oscar Sundquist, our dear Swedish boy. He's never said that word before uh, in his life. Oscar, no. <laughs> um, and then uh, Victor Arvidsson, speaking of dear Swedes, said, is he a Swede or is he a Finn? He's I think like he's a, a Swede. Yeah, he's <laughs> a freak. You freak. Finn's the freaks of Sweden. Uh, he said, yeah, I think it's face-offs on three or three are huge. Three on three are huge. Like, if you get the puck and you have possession, you can have possession for the whole five minutes if you just take care of the puck. And I think, yeah, if he felt it was bad, then I believe him. He said like and yeah. 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 Uh, like, yeah, I'd like the puck. <laughs> As I'm sure he says all the time. <laughs> That's a hard left turn. Um, here's the thing. Maybe it was a bad drop. I watched it again. I didn't see a lot there, but your stick's supposed to be down, and you were there, and if it wasn't, then maybe it's a bad drop. But also, instead of bitching to the referee about the bad drop when you're one of the three players on your team that can do anything, maybe go over and stop Vladimir Tarasenko. Mm -hmm. And maybe instead of blaming the refs, you can talk to friggin' Arvidsson and friggin' Yossi, who got goalposted by Tarasenko, (laughs) and give them some crap for costing your team the game because I think that had a lot more to do with it with a bad face off because here's the thing I would wager a lot of money that the majority of overtimes are not won by the or not won on the first possession of the puck Mm -hmm. even if they are won by the team that wins first possession I mean they're not all over in 12 seconds so get a life Ryan Johansson (laughs) you basic you boring Let's move on. Mm. Uh, Colton Pareko was really good in this game. He was a plus three, and he had 27 plus minutes of ice time. He's starting to make us look a little bit. Yeah, he's definitely playing, I, I think, a lot better. I'm sure other people would say, oh, he's been playing this well all season, but I think he's starting to make me notice, which is a big deal <laughs> for me. Ian, Pe- <laughs> Ian Peters' local podcast. <laughs> yeah, that will be on the Colton Freco story book. <laughs> he's starting to make me eat crow. Um, yeah, I think he's just playing a lot more physical. I think that's something a lot of people have wanted to see in his game. And I think the Rubain has noticed that. He's playing a lot more. I think it's kind of helping the D overall distribute minutes a little bit better. Um, yeah, I've I've liked a lot of what I've seen from him, and I hope he can keep it up. I agree, yeah. I mean, I think you said he's making us eat crow in the notes a little bit, and I mean, I think you're right, honestly, and I don't like when you're right, so <laughs> it hurts me to say that. But um, Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, he has made us eat a little crow, and that's fine. I'm glad. I'm glad that he's doing so well. Um Zach Samford did really well in this game. He had five block shots. His possession skills are much bueno. Mm. And he gets overlooked, I feel like, or you feel like, because you wrote this. But I agree with you, <laughs> due to the Sunquist surge. Because we both had the same thought, you're not upset yes, that I'm right. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, we both thought this, so really, kudos really, to us. Really, I was right first. First, yeah. First? Because I'm younger, and that's how it works. Yeah, what? <laughs> Yeah, we can talk about it a little bit later, but I think the bottom six of this team, even just the bottom three, really, that fourth line has really helped solidify this team and keeping this hot start going because it seems to be everyone clicking uh, together, all cylinders firing for this team to be doing what they're doing. All systems go all the time. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
O'Reilly is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He was had almost two more minutes of ice time on, than anyone else on this game. He's so good all the time. I don't get it. I don't. Was he like this on the other teams? I don't know. Like, how did two teams let him go? I don't know. I don't understand it. Well, was Colorado like a that was the contract? But no, they traded. They gave him the contract, then they traded him. Yeah, because he he signed an offer sheet. He betrayed the team that wasn't offering him any damn money. Like. (laughs) Take that, Al. What's wrong with you, NHL? God, this league is so broken. Petrangelo and Edmondson combined for a minus five. That wasn't great, but they'll make up for it. Mm -hmm. Jake Allen had some nice thoughts on Jordan Bennington getting all these starts. He said, I was in the exact same spot in the lockout year. I think I played 12 of 13 games that year. So I was in the exact same spot. So I understand how he's playing and a lot of his mentality. When I was there with Els and Yarrow, Brian Elliott. And Yaroslav <laughs> Um They were great with me, so that's my objective. He's been playing great for us. Probably over that stretch, he's been the best player in the league. Hard to argue if he isn't. He's gotten us wins. He's gotten us points. And that's obviously my objective, too, uh, the rest of the year. Um, and Korak called him the consummate supportive teammate, which is fine and I basically agree with, but what else is he going to say? Mm-hmm. Uh, he did have a comment on not starting for 24 days, and he said, I tell you, I'd put that up against anything in the world. That's tough. I think it's probably one of the longest stretches I've been off since I played, uh, since I've been in the NHL. So... <laughs> Doesn't consummate supportive teammate, when you're talking about a goalie, mean you're riding the bench a lot? Yep. Isn't that just a synonym for rides the bench? I don't know who Dominic Hasek's backup was, but I bet he was a consummate supporter. <laughs> <team. laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's an award for that. Uh, yeah, it's called the Jennings Trophy. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the You Rode My Coattails to Success uh, Trophy. Fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, you have anything more to say about this game or Dropgate or any of it? No, I mean, it was it was just a fun game. I was a lot more worried about this one than I was the one on Saturday just because it was in Nashville. Uh-huh. They could have a rowdy crowd, um, a rowdy, dumb Hoosier, just <laughs> non-hockey knowledgeable, just basic crowd. But You're they have basic. a rowdy crowd. Um, These I, people down in Nashville don't have any thoughts on hockey. They don't know what it's about. And it's other words, I don't know. Now, so who was that? Was that Don Cherry that was or was that Mad to be, Dog? It was bad. It, went oh, to, no. it turned into Mad Do- Dog. <laughs> Mad Dog. It did kind of become Mad Dog. People in Nashville don't know anything about hockey. I don't know anything about hockey either, but at least I'm from New York. Yeah, if That's you're from New York, dog. you at least know about the Rangers. The Rangers had great teams back in the 80s, the heyday of all professional sports. <laughs> I'm sure it's something he'd say. Um, Spot on. Would you like to move on to the New Jersey Devils beating? Bang, bang. You were at this game, so we're going to allow you to tell us mostly about it, but I'll walk us through. Um, Are you enjoying yourself over there? (laughs) You've rubber banded a beer bottle cap to your hand, Mm -hmm. and I appreciate it. It's like a very, very minor form of self-flagellation. Very minor. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) The pain hurts so 
Good. <laughs> um, the boys started this game Moy Caliente. Uh, Alex Trangelo. Moy Caliente. Have you never heard that? No, I have, but I don't. I don't Caliente know. sounds like a weird Finnish. <laughs> Back to like, the weird Finns again. He sounds like, like a weird Finnish goalie. Yeah, it was me, Cali. Moy Caliente. Good God, Stephen. <laughs> um, Alex Petrangelo. <laughs> He's not Hispanic. <laughs> scored his seventh goal of the season. Braden Shin assisting. Uh, it was a nice drop pass to Shin from Vova, who pulled up along the board, passed across to Petrangelo, who was wide, wide, wide open. Mm. And he skated in unopposed and just took a shot low and in. Ivan Barbashev followed that very quickly with his seventh goal of the season. Robert Thomas, 13. Apparently, Ivan Barbashev is in a running gun battle with Alex Petrangelo to have the same goal total. He goes, I Because need he it. followed up each of Petrangelo's goals very quickly with a goal of his own. You're two goals in, and Keith Kincaid's like, man, rough start, but you know what? I think... <laughs> I think we can shake this one off. He's seen he's seen enough Devils games goes, to know where this is going. No, I think he's positive at this point. Oh, it's too low. And you know what? Maybe well, we'll turn this one around. We'll be fine. And Pavel Zaka tried. Yeah. He got his 11th goal of the season. Kenny Agostino assisting. Patrick Maroon attempted to get the puck out. Failed miserably. <laughs> Zaka got the puck and 1-2 passed it with Agostino in the circle. He roofed it over Bennington. Nice shot. It was a good shot. So it's two to one, Devils. They're getting back in it. Yeah. It's going to be a tight game right to the finish. Point. You can already tell. And then the skies open, the clouds part, the rainbow descends, the birds sing, oh. and Jaden Schwartz finally. Yours is much more positive. Finally scores his fourth Four. goal. Four. <laughs> Robert Fortuzo. Tyler Bozak assisting first goal since December 18th, 23 games. First against oh. a goalie because that was empty net no. since November 9th. This guy's not even scoring at a goal per month pace. <laughs> He's scoring under a goal per month. Poor bastard. I know you didn't see this because you weren't watching the broadcast, but he had a new stick this game. Mm. And it's like, if you're that superstitious that that worked, then why didn't you switch months ago? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was a great goal. Tarasenko got the Plager glove or gave the Plager gloves to Schwartz after this game. He says, I wasn't sure how the next one was going to go in, but you missed a lot of good chances. You get bounces one way or another. It was nice to see that one be a fortunate bounce for me. It looked like it might be a deflection. This is me talking now, but it wasn't. And so <laughs> I just, I didn't like even breathe between the end of that quote. So I thought I'd tell people. Um, it was me talking the whole time, but originally I was quoting Jaden Schwartz. That's how quotes work. Um, Craig Berube said he was getting a lot of good opportunities over this stretch where he wasn't scoring. I don't know about a lot. Some. He had some good ones. He did have that empty net that he just bombed. Oh, that's right. Which was when most of us just gave up on him. <laughs> uh, it wasn't like he wasn't getting chances. He was. He's a hardworking hockey player, and he never lost the work ethic over time. So that's the important thing. Well, it's not the only important thing, but I appreciate what you're trying to do, Craig. Um, 
That's why they call him Chief. <laughs> it's three to one. That and no mildly yeah. racist reason. Hey, he's a good guy, that Chief. <laughs> chief forever. Hey, he's a good chief. He's a good guy. Oh, boy. Uh, so it's three to one, first intermission. You're at the game. How's it mm. feeling? Good. Is it bumping? Is oh, it it's bumping. Bumping and thomping? Yeah, they Are did. Are singing country roads? They did that again. Which is fine, <laughs> but like, don't don't try and recreate the magic. Do you yeah. ever have like a fun night with people, and uh-huh. then you're like, I want to do that again, and you'll never get it. Like there. you play D and D because you were like drunk and mm-hmm. whatever, and then like you try to play it sober, and you're like, oh no. You're just like, I wish it was as magical as back then. It just never was. <laughs> and then they played a lot of music that they were trying to get sing alongs to, and people were singing along, but it was like Bon Jovi other garbage and it's just like you know take that stuff back to new jersey you know yeah yep yeah that's what i felt i felt confident though because new jersey sucks and they did and ryan o'reilly made him suck (laughs) with his his 21st goal of the season tarasenko was tripped along the boards but o'reilly entered and unleashed a wicked shot that beats keith Kincaid because there's nothing that Ryan O'Reilly can't do and there's nothing that Keith Kincaid can't can't save. <laughs> can't not save. The good old double negative. Um Mackenzie Mac Mac MacEckern. I did that earlier. I'm sorry, Mac Mac. Scored his third goal of the season. I'm just going to call him Mac Mac from here mm. on out. Um, Petrangelo's 16th assist. Ivan Barbashev, 10th assist. Ivan Barbashev does not want Alex Petrangelo getting the spotlight. Um, He's sick of it. <laughs> I want to be number one D, he says. <laughs> Petrangelo had a sick feed from the blue line to the blue line to get Mac Mac out ahead in space. He used his speed to get in. It was a nice little back to front to lift it over Keith Kincaid, who was three foot eight inches tall because his soul had just left his body mm. at this point. Uh, this is a fun quote from McKecker, and he says, It all started with Tomer, who made a nice play. He finished, he fished one out of the corner there, and he gave it to Barbie, and the Barbie hit Petro, and I just kind of got lost, and Petro found me, and it just kind of went from there. If, as <laughs> JR said, I think, if. You didn't know that it was me tweeting this. How would you possibly know this was about? Like how it went from there, but he described the whole scoring play, and then it went <laughs> from there. I got lost. Petro found me, and it just kind of went from there because I scored the goal. Yeah. Um, it's now five to one. Tyler Bozak scores to make it six to one. How do you feel about Keith Kincaid's performance, or would you rather wait? Oh, maybe he maybe he backstops <laughs> him to a seven six victory. Right. Let's not spoil anything. Maybe he rallies. Curtis Gabriel almost fought Pat Maroon the way he almost didn't get his ass kicked by Vince Dunn in the dressing room that one time, but he did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I respect how Maroon saw Gabriel kind of like shove and grab at Bowmeister and just kind of said, "Hey." That's Jay Bowmeister, and I need him to do my taxes. <laughs> That's my <Don't>, turbo tax. <laughs> don't beat him up. <laughs> and kind of grabbed him. And just, I, I'm not the fighting guy. I'm not the pro-fighting guy. But what are you doing, Revs? What are you doing stopping this fight? Because first of all, they're already at each other's throats. And second of all... There's like seven people in New Jersey still watching this game. 
they deserved this. Mm. If I would, if this fight had happened, I might have rooted for Gabriel. Not out of <laughs> disrespect to Maroon, but just give him something. That's true. And they broke it up before it could happen, and at least two Devils fans hung themselves. <laughs> I mean, they had to. I like to think... Pat Maroon streaked to Gabriel Landeskog screaming, I can't afford TurboTax. <laughs> <laughs> and then almost wailed into him. I have so many dependents. <laughs> Gabriel Landeskog would be like, what? <laughs> Gabriel Landeskog. Gabriel whatever his name is. Something Gabriel. Patrick Maroon probably called him Gabriel Landeskog. <laughs> hey, Gabe Landeskog. <laughs> what? And then a fist to the face. Get over here, you giant Swedish freak. He's a good kid. He's a Swedish kid that (laughs) Gabriel Landeskog of the Devils. He's a good boy. He's a good Swedish kid and a thick, thick, thing and thing. Um, so, yeah, there were four more goals. Do I need to get into them? I only remember... Petrangelo scored. Yeah, on that Petrangelo backhand goal. Nice, pretty setup between O'Reilly and Tarasenko and Petrangelo. And then when they scored on Kincaid... He just didn't move for like a solid minute. They played the new goal song. They played the Oregon. People counted off the goals almost at this point, and he just had not moved because his world was shattered. Up was down, left was right. He was being chased by the Demi-Gorgon. It was just, it was a bad time in Keith Kincaid's head. It was. It was darkness. Darkness descended. Darkness visible. Do you know what happened? John Milton. He looked around. He looked all over the place. He had no, no one would stare him in the eye. But then he looked to the Blues bench, and Jake Allen caught his eye, and they just stared <laughs> deep into each other's eyes. And not because Jake Allen lets in eight goals, but because Jake Allen knew what sort of mental state like, Keith Kincaid was in. Oh, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a sad acknowledgement, like don't worry. It was like a it was like it a was Lovecraftian like yeah. Jesus Christ, someone else. <laughs> they didn't just meet eyes; they actually. Met in Jake Allen's Mephistopheles' playpen mm. together. Like when, you know, you see another person in the upside down and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. That was pretty much what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a question. So the game ended 8-3. to three. We can skip that. It was bad. <laughs> it was a slaughter. What, wouldn't you think... I hear... I would think. Imagine I'm uninformed. I would say the Devils must have another goalie, mm-hmm. right? Why didn't they put in their other goalie? You have an answer for that, Ian? <laughs> no, because I was wondering that at the game. I was even looking on the bench and I couldn't find him. I was like, where is the other <laughs> goalie? Like... Oh, for the love of God, don't put me in. <laughs> there was a weird like pile of sticks and towels in the corner of the bench <laughs> that seemed to breathe that, right. <laughs> occasionally. Corey Schneider has not won a game he started since December of 2017. Unbelievable. (laughs) How is that possible? This man was a very good goalie Mm. at one point. Vancouver decide if it was him or Luongo, and they decided neither. But, <laughs> but <laughs> it was too hard. Get rid of both of them. But it was a real decision. It was an actual hard decision they had to make. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know what's happened to Corey Schneider. And then you you've mentioned before that they're back. They're they brought up a guy right 
Blackwood. Oh, Mackenzie Blackwood, yeah. Mm-hmm. They brought him up. He played well for him, And then they said, well, thanks. Bye. <laughs> and sent him back down to Albany. Is that what it is? The Albany Devils? I think so. I believe you. Pat on the back. Um, maybe they just didn't want to see his brain shattered by this awful group. And they're like, we need to preserve you down in the minors. We got to preserve you in the AHL. Pickle that brain. Because it is not going to work up here. You are going to get lit up. <laughs> You're going to have a normal, what is that? You're going to have a regular old Michael DiPietro. Uh, oh, no. Uh, what? You brought it up, yeah. so let's talk about that real quick. I know this is a Blues podcast, but what a shithole organization they are. They let both of these guys go. <laughs> and they thought, we haven't ruined enough goalies. Let's break the spirit of another one. For those of you that don't know, Mikey DiPietro is like a 20. No, he's can't. Maybe he's 20. Yeah, he's But he was in young. juniors. So he's 19, He's 20 at the most. He might have been an overager. He's a 20-year-old goaltending prospect. Elite goaltending prospect mm-hmm. for the Vancouver Canucks. The Vancouver Canucks ran out of goalies this week. How do you run out of goalies, you say? I don't know. <laughs> I honest to God don't know. Because they have behind... Um, Allmark, no, not Allmark. They have Nilsson still? No? Well, who's gone? their starter? I can't think. Markstrom. Markstrom. And then I think they have one of Allmark or Nilsson behind him. Mm-hmm. Not Linus Allmark. I don't know why that's the name yeah. I have. But Nilsson or somebody. And then they have Thatcher Demko. Mm-hmm. But I guess all of those guys were hurt. And so instead of doing the emergency call-up, or trading a seventh-round pick for the grindiest, crappiest Mike McKenna. Instead of getting Mike <laughs> McKenna or Anthony Stollers or whoever the Flyers last rejected. Yeah. Let's, just, let's just put it bluntly. They call up Michael DiPietro from junior hockey. From the whereverville's whatever. <laughs> and say, you start this game, whereupon... He got completely shellacked. He let in the first goal on his first shot ever in the NHL. Which just has to blow chunks. Mm-hmm. With the, he was a Windsor Spitfire. No, he was an Ottawa 67. Uh, the Ottawa'sville 67. He'd gotten traded, which I guess means the Ottawa 67s are decent this year, which I guess means at least they have that the city has that to put its hopes in. Mm-hmm. Mikey DePietro led in seven goals. He has a goals against average of seven because he didn't get to get pulled because <laughs> he was the only goalie and a save percentage of 70.8. It was dark times. Now, let's move back. Let's move on to another goalie who's dead, which is Antti Ronto, which is why Darcy Kemper started the game against us, uh, against the Arizona Coyotes. And I'm just going to shoot through this like... Shit through a coyote. <laughs> like the Blues shot through the Arizona Coyotes. Much better. Following the command of our commander-in-chief, who said in his State of the Union... Now is the time for putting the ruthless coyotes out of business. And we did. Great stuff. (laughs) So, um, 
the boy Joel Edmondson scored his second goal of the season with the sousiest pass from Jaden Schwartz. It's almost like you said sousy before. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like the recording didn't work and we're recording half of this podcast again. 75 episodes, folks. We wouldn't make a rookie mistake <laughs> like that. Jaden Schwartz with his 20th assist and boy was it sousy. <laughs> it was a <laughs> saucer pass to Joel Edmondson from Jaden Schwartz, and it was nice. So um, that was a goal. Edmondson steamed into the net with the sauce and scored. It. it was a great aggression play from the defense. Good pinch. Tarasenko scored after an Ekman Larson botch in the corner. Tarasenko collected it and dished it to Sen, who got it to Sunquist, who backhanded it to Edmondson, who slapped it high, who Tarasenko then knocked it down. Nice goal. Tarasenko got his third goal on the power play after Nicholas Jarmulson had made him angry, and he did the thing he does when he's angry now, which is score, and he scored his third goal of the, or second goal of the game and 24th goal of the season uh, on the power play. It was a nice play by Thomas along the boards, a nice deacon pass by Shen, and a classic Vova snipe. And then... Robert Bortuzzo scored in the third period. And that's really all I have to say about this mm-hmm. game because it was basically <laughs> a slaughter of a decent team who would only be decent at best and is devastated by injuries. Just rabid. Hasn't that happened like two years ago, mm-hmm. three years ago? I feel oh, like this yeah, happens all, all the time. Them and uh, Wouldn't Columbus. Wouldn't you think you'd fire your training staff at some yeah. point? Are they not prepared to play on the ice? Any no. thoughts on the Arizona game? Uh, I still think it's pretty impressive, even though they're not the best team, that the Blues are able to go in there on the road and limit them to 21 shots on net. I mean, we I don't want to take anything away from Bennington's performances or any of his shutouts, but that's the defense has been night and day. I mean, they were running around for the first, like, three months of the season. Uh-huh. Three months, four months. And they seem to have slowly turned around with Bruby uh, behind the bench there. I think it's taken a little while. But uh, they, they look really good, and I, we'll see how far it gets them. But to be able to do that on the road is impressive. You know what else is impressive is this top line. Um, <laughs> hot! They are red hot. Mm, Jaden, Jaden, Braden Shen, Luke Shen, somebody, I don't know. Braden <laughs> Shen was removed as the second line center and put on O'Reilly's left wing on the top line before the game in Anaheim, which was right before the break. This was also the start of the eight-game winning streak, and their production has been off the charts. Ryan O'Reilly is three goals, five assists in that time. Braden Shin is one goal, nine assists. And Vladimir Tarasenko has eight goals and seven assists. And I'll say it because nobody else will. No, I'll eat crow. I was never like, go trade him. You have to trade him. Mm. But there was a point in this season where I very much was at least okay with the idea of trading him. I was very much like, fine, get it over with and get as much as you can before his trade what no trade kicks in and i was so 
wrong. I was really starting to fear that he was one of those players who has a couple of phenomenal seasons and is then just fine. Mm. And I was like, well, if he's going to be that guy, then get rid of him while people still think he's the other guy. And you can be in the in the red or in the green or whatever, in the black. Mixed metaphors. Anyway, he's been so good. I mean, this is one of the best stretches of his entire career mm-hmm. and december was bad man mm. i mean december that was like was the worst bad. of his career yeah but since then he's doubled his three-month point total in a month and a half and it's been phenomenal and just all credit to him because he's bounced back from it all and it's been great i think him being with o'reilly and shen who are both kind of workhorses has really rubbed off on him i mean he's been playing really good two-way hockey this whole season but it just seems to be at a whole nother level with those guys. I think he's willing to take a hit to make a play. He's willing to be, um, I was going to say, the passer, a good passer. He's always been a good passer, but I feel like he's making like well-thought-out passes rather than like these kind of Hail Mary things where he's like, ah, maybe they'll get it, maybe they won't sort of deals. Like it just, they all seem to be working so well together. And the forecheck by that first line is sort of filtered down through the entire team. Like mm-hmm. they all seem to be buying into this forecheck now. They the whole team is just trying harder yeah. than the opposing teams, and that's good to see. That's something we didn't see any of the first half of the season. It'll be interesting to see as the playoff race starts to heat up a little bit more if they can keep that up. But it's all credit to Berube and the coaching staff, I would say too, for like getting these guys all on the same page finally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, we can have a, a, a brief talk about Barube. Uh, I don't want to necessarily dwell here too long, but I think it's pretty likely now that he's named the head coach permanently. And Really? I still don't think it is. You really don't? Well, well let's talk about it for a minute then. I think... I see where it's more likely because they won eight in a row and they look really good. Like, I totally get it, but like... Here's the thing. I don't want it. Yeah. I desperately don't want it. And that's not disrespect to Berube. My thinking with Berube is the same as my thinking with Mike Schilt was when the Cardinals decided to promote him in season to permanent. And it's just, what's the rush? Mm-hmm. I think Kurt Price said that on Twitter this week of yeah. Let's Go Blues Radio. And... Um, yeah, it's just what's the rush? What are you? What are you rushing for? What are you? What's I keep saying it, but what's the rush? You promised this fan base an exhaustive coaching search, and you said it would all be behind the scenes. I get that. You said it wouldn't be public. I get that. So maybe we'd never know what it looked like anyway. But I think you owe the fans that. And quite frankly, Doug Armstrong owes himself that because he doesn't have another coach firing in him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Craig Berube is or isn't a great coach. I think he's an adequate coach. I think his players like him a lot, but I don't think he's probably strategically brilliant in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friends who appeared on the show over the summer, the Broad Street Bullies podcast, obviously are experts in Philadelphia Flyers history and lore. You know how Craig Berube's part of the lore. And um, You gotta know that before you we, see the Craig Berube movie. We asked them about it, and they talked about it on their podcast briefly. And one of them just made the point of, like, maybe 
your conference is really crappy in the bottom half, which it is right it now, is. and you're kind of buying into a bill of goods, and you're making a really big mistake if you're we extending are. him already. Yeah. And again, I don't think it's a huge mistake. I think he's a confident coach, but... And I actually think this is also a thing I've seen Kurt Price say, so it's a Kurt Price-centric episode. But <laughs> when is this team going to demand excellence? Mm-hmm. You know, you can hire Craig Berube and you can know that he'll be adequate. Or you can go out there and try to find great. Yeah, swing for the fences. Either Joel Quinville. I mean, you should not hire Craig Berube. I'm sorry, you should not even think about hiring him full-time until Joel Quinville is a definite no. Unless, mm. I mean, if Craig Berube wins you the cup this year, yeah, fine. Then <laughs> well, no. we'll think about it. Yeah, <laughs> but like, <laughs> other than that, other than a deep, deep playoff run, mm. you can't think about it until Quinville's off the market. But to me, there are so many interesting coaching candidates out there right now, whether it's Dallas Eakins, although he's probably getting the Anaheim job. Hey, uh, cool. Randy Carlisle was fired, replaced by Bob Murray. That's kind of like replacing, you know, the head of a broken statue with the arms of a broken statue, <laughs> but whatever. Um, look, all my analogies aren't winners. I'm tired. I was up at six this morning. Uh, and we've been recording this podcast for eight hours. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's Dallas Eakins, there's Sheldon Keefe of the Marlies, who I love. The Toronto Marlies. Um, Richard Gronberg of Sweden. I don't know if Elliot Friedman thinks he wouldn't hop right into an NHL head coaching job, but take a chance. I don't care. Tim, whichever of the two hunters is the coach and not the GM is available. Like, there's a lot of coaching candidates Mm. that are available that just do your research. And if you get to a point where you get back to it all and say, hey, Craig Berube's actually the best guy that's available to us, then fine, then do it. That's great, but don't, just don't rush it. That's my thought. Any other things to add on that? None. None. Excellent. So we took to Reddit this week, as we do occasionally, and asked all you folks for questions. So we're going to discuss those, and then we're just going to collapse of exhaustion. (laughs) So I hope you all enjoy our exhausted ramblings. First, user make the cut says, actually, technically, it's make hyphen the hyphen oh, <laughs> I'm sure that's how he wants it uh, read. He had a Columbus Blue Jackets player, and he said, do you plan on changing the name of your podcast every time the Blues win the cup? And oh, oh, name is Yeti oh, oh, oh. says, I've been wondering this as well. First of all, make the cut. Thank you for your faith in the team, because we do not share yeah. But secondly, you actually have a decent answer to this. Do you want to tell the people, or do you want them to just wait and see? Oh, it's either two guys, one cup, which, I mean, we all know what that is. Yeah. And then, or it's (laughs) two guys, no cups, because we only got the one. (laughs) Then you change the logo, and that's way in back, and, you know, it's like hiding. Like, where is the one cup? (laughs) You you can't tell. Either way, it's a win, really. Mm -hmm. Well, the sun... I mean, also, let's just say if that day comes, least of my yeah, concerns. Yeah, I ain't giving a shit. <laughs> this podcast's over. I'm gonna be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I sometimes I do wonder though if we're in the middle of 
the like hundred game or the hundred year like Cubs drought. Uh huh. Like we're we in year fifty two, and we're like, oh yeah, well it's coming, you know, sooner or later, and it doesn't come for another fifty Just years. Episode seven thousand of the two guys and two uh, seniors. No. Yeah, I'll my grandchild on here. Uh, it finally happened. <laughs> We'll, be, we'll just be Don Cherry at that point. Yeah. Well, I'm a good southern Russian boy. James Vladimir Tarasenko, the fourth, the hoist of the cup. <laughs> a lot of incest on this team. <laughs> As always, I think. Uh, Lancelot asks, can you talk about the leash for a little longer in the next episode? You know, Lancelot, I don't like your guff. And now that you mention it, let's talk about the Leafs' top seven goaltending prospects. Yeah. Because I think they're... No. You know what? We did do that too much last episode, and I'm sorry. Is that like 45 minutes? Yeah. Whatever. We're you like, like it. We, you like it. The people love it. Yeah. Um, He's in the minority. This, He's not this podcast the minority. is 60% Blues, 30% the NHL, and 10% the Toronto Maple Leafs. And 5%, yes, I know that doesn't count, Pokemon and random crap. Which, speaking of Pokemon, also, Lancelot asks, what's the best starting Pokemon and why is it Charmander? Mm-mm. <laughs> Thoughts? Wrong again. Is he, saying, <laughs> is he saying Gen 1 only? Okay, so if you're going to go Gen 1, I never started with Charmander. I, should, I take that back. At least a couple times I started with Charmander, but as a kid, I think the first time was Bulbasaur. And then pretty much every other time after that was Squirtle. Squirtle, 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 all the way home. User agree with you, does not agree with Lancelot, and says, whenever I play Pokemon, I need three save spots. One for my Squirtle, one for my Bulbasaur, and one for my second Squirtle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Squirtle Squad, he gets like the sunglasses, that has nothing to do with the game. Best starter in any generation, though. I don't know them all well enough. I would think Totodile gets some recognition for alligators. Pretty sick. Screw you, Chicory. (laughs) (laughs) Cyndaquil. (laughs) (laughs) I remember a lot of people like Cyndaquil. Who's Gen 3? I don't even know. Uh, Gen 3 is why you're putting me to the test here. Let's make the people (laughs) listen to this and get. No more leaf stuff? All right, how about this? (laughs) Suck on this. Uh, Torachik, Trico, and Mudkip. Oh, yeah, none of them suck. <laughs> Mudkip's all right, I guess. Mudkip's all right. It's, oh, man, it's Totodile a thousand percent. That's oh, my God, so yeah. good. The He's design's so cool. amazing. Even the middle teenage design that always blows for everyone, Krakenaw, uh-huh. awesome. He's like a weird, like, stone man alligator. I don't know. He looks kind of like he's out of Flintstones. For alligator, feral alligator. The thing's amazing. He's oh, he's dope. Uh, while we're on the subject of Pokemon, I promised some shout-outs. So uh, we retweeted a Pokemon uh, type chart, which is just one of those birthday day of the week correspond to a, ch- a chart or whatever. And uh, we got some responses. Jake Webb was Poison Rock, which makes him Nihilego, who's an ultra beast. Jellyfish from space. Just so you know. Congratulations. Those were awful, Jake. Yeah, those were a terrible addition to the game. Mm-hmm. But we still love you. And Poison Rock's a cool typing. Mm-hmm. But, um... Just an awful Pokemon. Yeah. 
That's uh, true. Uh, Justin Horniker is an ice fairy, which seems right. <laughs> and that makes him an Alolan Ninetales. Oh, that's very majestic. And very majestic, much like Justin Honecker, and he says, I don't know why I always take the or at, uh, R out of there. I can't speak, Justin. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you're part of the hive mind now, anyway. You can't be angry at us. We're a collective. Um, <laughs> he says it evolves into an ice guardian. Nice try. Uh, <laughs> Gibbs A., our good friend from Canada, says he's an electric ice, which means he's the possessed refrigerator Pokemon, Rotom Fridge. That's a real thing. Yep. Sorry. Um, that's all you need to know. Blues and Birds is fighting him water, which is Polyrath, which makes him baller. I love Polyrath. So does Leah. She says he's so good. Um... Mikey is ghost ghost, and we both said Kafragus. I can't say it, um, but it's That's a cool. sarcophagus with a bunch of weird little arms coming out. I'm uh, a dark normal type, which Samantha Ann also was, and we shared uh, some moments of deep regret about <laughs> that. Uh, we are a little eradicate, not so good. Greg Lantern is very psychic. I dubbed him Mr. Mime, who is gimmicky but cool in a in a weird way, in an uncomfortable way. And Matt was water poison, which makes him the powerful Tentacruel. Um, you are fire dark, mm-hmm. which makes you Incineroar, which yep. makes you a badass. Mm-hmm. So screw you. Darkest layer. And if anyone got lost in the weird way that Twitter always doesn't always tell you all of your replies and hide some of them, I'm very sorry, but I think I got to you all. And I owed you shout outs, so you've now been shouted out. So stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to listen to us forever. User are you ready for it? Creative <laughs> underscore funny <laughs> underscore name. You're so tired and I'm dragging it out so long. Says Change your name. Money Puck has us as the second most likely team to win the cup behind Tampa because of our really good expected goal four percentage numbers. Yeah, I knew what all those letters meant. Thoughts? I think we've dropped a little bit now, but it's crazy we were even up there. He says we've moved to fifth now behind Tampa, Toronto, Vegas, and San Jose. Um, Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's a little bit of a stretch, but Mm -hmm. I like the general sentiment. Mm -hmm. I think... I think the way this team's playing right now, they could take a they could take a round, take a round depending on what team they play. Granted, you got to play some pretty good teams right out the gate the way the playoffs are formatted these days. But yeah, I we're looking better. I just don't think the cup is in the cards for this team. But surprise me, surprise right. me like you have thus far. Right now, I think we're fifth behind Nashville, Toronto, Tampa, and San Jose. Steven, who is your cup pick right now? I'm still Gun to your head, Tampa. Tampa. Cowardice, but <laughs> I'm such how a coward. How can you not? If they don't win, they suck, uh, mm-hmm. and they won't. Mm-hmm. I know they won't, but they have to. Like this, you the, have to. They're kind of turning into the Blues. Like, do you remember when the Blues? You remember when the Blues were good? Um, and 
people would always pick the Blues to win the Cup that year, and they go, okay, this year they're going to, though. And then people started to fall off because they're like, well, I pick them all the time, and they don't. Uh-huh. I'm starting to feel that way with Tampa. Like, Tampa is still much so better. Much better than we ever were. And they, and they consistently go pretty far, uh-huh. too, but they just never, they don't do it. They don't get there. Yeah, they just don't. Well, then they got there the one time and won, and then they got there the one time a couple of years ago and lost, but they don't get they there. They got across that final bridge, I agree, so let's do it. Who's your pick? Mm, Vegas. Ooh, spicy. Mm-hmm. They didn't make it last year, so they know what it takes. Yeah, they know more of what it takes than this Blues <laughs> team does. Team. Woof. Wow. Um, he says, creative underscore funny underscore name says, also, it's William Nylander, not Nylander. I looked it up. He's right. But I say, if we're getting technical, it's William Andrew Michael Jr. Nylander Altelius. Uh, so take that. But I will take it under advisement and try to improve. I'm sorry if you're butchering his name. <laughs> we'll give you a William Nylander to the nuts. And he finally says, I refuse to believe the podcast isn't named podcast name isn't related to two girls one cup or that you both haven't watched it the people demand a live reaction during this episode um what if we did a live reaction to steve dangle eating a bell pepper yeah uh i've never heard of two girls was it one cup two girls one cup i can't uh, we don't have any cup are they like sharing a glass of lemonade on a on a hot on a hot day summer day I've been told I've been told it's whatever it is it's very hot that's yeah, going I can on. Imagine it's like mildly pornographic. Like yeah, I've heard I've heard that sort of thing can be. Made I don't think that's something uh, either of us would really be interested in watching. <laughs> yeah. you know. I I think creative funny names should do a live reaction bit himself. And he seems to be the expert here. Yeah, so he'll know he all seems the real interested in this video. Deleted scenes and everything hmm. else. Deleted scenes. <laughs> <laughs> let me just skip. Let me just skip Director's commentary. Yeah, what's it? Blu-ray with six hours of special I can't fathom what the director would say because I've never (laughs) seen the video nor know what it's about. No, that's right. Exactly. Don't don't... bring smut onto this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Ah, Sour Flower Hour asks, do you think the Blues had the most potential this season between uh, them, the Dallas Stars, and the Minnesota Wild? Yes! Yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to step on your question it's a fair question but right now by a long shot yes they do over there i saw an expected goals for chart by sean tierney versus like the actual goals for currently Uh and dallas is like dead center they're like this is what happens when you meet exactly what you should be doing (laughs) and i was like well they're behind us now so yippee i guess we're better you're the true neutral on this chart uh, Mike Moe asks, not a question, but some feedback. This is a good point. I want to know other people's thoughts. He says he tried to get into the podcast a while ago, but what stopped him was a lot of our episodes are two hours long. Seems like a spurious claim. I don't think I'm, I'm, not, I'm offended by even the implication. I feel like this is a lot uh, like that cup video. I don't know nothing about it. He says he could be in the minority, but for me, for him, that's too long and prevents him from listening. But he congratulates us on the success. So thank you, first of all. Second of all, I think, maybe you don't agree, but I think we would both ideally like to have two slightly shorter episodes in the week. 
but we just don't have time. It's a lot of time to prepare for these things, and we have realized. Both of us work 60 hours a week. 70 on a good week. Mm. And so if you all, you know, if, if you want that content, just pay us to quit our jobs, yeah. and we'll be fine. Some of us don't like to slave away inside the ore pits of Fenton. That's true. Um, the Earthmaster did respond by saying, did you say the orbit? <laughs> I'm so tired. I feel like that's it, true, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. you know how that and is. I do do that. So, <laughs> uh, I said doo-doo. So the Earthmaster says, dang, I knew people weren't going to like the longer episodes. Thanks, Earthmaster. <laughs> but I love how free-flowing the podcasts are. And because of that, they end up being longer. Although the shorter podcast did give us hard stop. And that's a classic. So I said hard stop for you. Um, I really, I'm curious what people think overall if you have a problem with the two hours we've heard that a couple of times but it's just kind of naturally what we do so Mm -hmm. it's hard to like stop that without being a very different podcast i like how we were both congratulated on success and we also have a classic now i'm taking nothing but positives away from this comment (laughs) i agree um i'm irrelevant great Great. I'm underscore irrelevant, excuse me. Says, a lot of good questions have been brought up on the sub over the past few days. First, is Jordan Bennington the real deal? Can he take us through the playoffs, or do we need to look into acquiring a free agent goalie? Bobrovsky, Howard uh, are the two he recommends, or Quick, who's not a free agent by any means, but is a goalie that may be available. Thoughts? Um, I do think it's still... Too early to anoint Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bonington. Jordan Bonington. Jordan Balls Bonington. Uh, I think it's still a little too early to say that he's like the de facto starter, and we'll just be like, oh, next year we roll with him, and everything will work out just fine. I mean, we even if we play the what is it thirteen? Well, when he plays his thirteen, fourteen games that we're going to play him in, so that twelve. I think, 12 to keep him as a RFA going in the summer. So for those that don't know, Bennington has to play 12 or 13 more games or else he's a UFA after the season. Mm. So I think they will be very certain to play him in those. Yeah. Uh, this is the stipulation that made them trade jo- uh, Ben Bishop a few years ago. Well, not a few, but more than <laughs> that, uh, several years ago. So I think with them having to play him more or less, that I mean more than that many games, uh, he'll get a good chunk of work in but it's still not a full season and Mm -hmm. so i just don't think you can go in thinking he's a surefire thing next season i don't know what their other goalie option will be it's obviously they can't bring up billy huso and just have these two guys as the ahl will have no goalies and that would just be silly i was Um, sorry go ahead so i don't know i mean it'd be cool to have it'd be interesting to have jimmy howard um i think bobrovsky is off the table i think jonathan quick's staying in la so you might end up doing some sort of weird backup thing, a backup that did really well this season, a la, you know, Hutton of last season, where you just grab that guy and go, hey, Bennington and pseudo Hutton, you guys can do 1A, 1B, and we'll just see what happens. I'd be okay with that. Go get Keith Kincaid when they oh, call Jesus. up McKenzie Blackwood. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I was surprised to see in JR's Q&A on The Athletic that he was still pretty gung-ho about getting Howard. I mean, if you can get rid of Allen and get Howard on an expiring contract and not give up Kairou. There's a lot of ifs. 
that's the thing. It seems <laughs> like too many ifs to me, but uh, JR didn't seem to think it was, so I'd be all for that. Um, but you got to do that. <laughs> I mean, you have to get rid of Allen. That's a non-negotiable. You can't bring in another goalie without getting rid of Allen, just for even for this year, you know. But he's a consummate, <laughs> supportive, supportive teammate. teammate. Um, we all know that. So, yeah, I mean, that's interesting to me. And Howard's perfect in some ways because he, like, can believably be the either the backup or the starter. Like, he can't be, like, disgusted if we trade for him and we're like, but sorry, but Bennington's red hot. Mm-hmm. We'll try you when he's not red hot. And then you can say to him, listen, we'd love to keep you for another year or two and we'll pay you. Four million a season, whatever, just mm-hmm. to be here and be the safety net if Bennington isn't the real deal, and that's not the end of the world. So that's maybe the ideal. I mean, Bobrovsky. I think you've seen too much in Bennington and too little in Bobrovsky this year to shell over what you'd have to shell over to either oh, trade for yeah. certainly it's to too trade much. for Bobrovsky, and maybe to sign him in the off season. Uh, Varlamov is a free agent. In the off season, and I don't know if the if the Avalanche are planning to move forward with Grubauer, he might be available. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think this is just a tough spot. We can talk about it here. I'm sure it will come up in the few questions we have remaining. But the Blues are in a really weird spot. I feel like at the deadline. Well, actually, we do have a question specifically about this at the close, so I'll just save it for that. Um, but we can't, you know, we can't turn back to Allen. That's just not an option. Ship has sailed. Certainly not in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, he was amazing. But what about in the, the wild playoffs. performance? But you just can't do it. So Howard makes the most sense to me if the cost isn't mm-hmm. prohibitive, and if uh, to me there's no trade other than like a sign-in trade for Panarin that I would consider giving up Jordan Cairo in. There's no rental that I would even remotely consider that. So we can talk about that more when that question comes up. Uh, He goes on to say, Obviously there has been a change in attitude among the team. The boys are having more fun, more upbeat, etc., etc. How do they maintain this and what brought it on? Uh, I'm not in the locker room, so I can't totally say, of course. Uh, Barubi said, according to the broadcast, that the Western Road Trip, uh, where uh, in mid-December, late-December, turn things around. Uh, we beat the Oilers 4-1, to one, but then got blown out by the Canucks 5-1, to one, which Pang said, but they still played good. They did not. No. That is revisionist history. Um, Fake and then, news. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then we had a 3-1 win over the Flames. Uh, there is like an old hockey wives tale um, that says that road trips are really good for teams, especially teams that have a lot of new parts. Because they force basically force you to be comrades and get together, and we didn't really have a lot of long road trips, so there's some reason to believe that that could be true. Um, that was also around the same time that Schwartz returned. He returned right before that, um, and the expected goals charts. If you look at them, we've retweeted some of them. It's just like on December 11th from that game, which was Schwartz's return. It's just a straight climb, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kept going. Pretty much without, I mean, there have been an occasional dip, but it's pretty much straight up. Um, And then, I mean, we can talk about it. There was the fight 
the Sanford Mortician. Yeah, but that's not that's not it. Some people <laughs> think it's really it. Okay, if you think the Sanford Bortuzzo fight spurred this team to like band together and have an eight game winning streak, um, a month later, <laughs> yeah, sell me the drugs you're smoking. Like, that's just, it's like, a nice feeling. It's a nice little fun hockey thought. But like, what? Hockey is the only sport, the only sport where that's a thought. But like, you're not Vladimir Tarasenko and, thinking like, oh, these two pounded each other in the face. Right. I need to try a little and harder. And that's the other thing. There might be an argument if Ryan O'Reilly had grabbed Alex Petrangelo and beat the shit out of him in practice, you know? Ooh, hot. I mean, I'm, and I'm I'm saying, like, that's, like, okay, two of the forces on your team are, like, coming to blows. But I'm sorry, Zach Samford and Robert Bortuzzo do not steer the ship. <laughs> and if they do, even on an eight-game win streak, we should talk about that. Yeah, that's fucked up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I... If you want to believe that, I'm not going to steal your joy away from you. I think that that is a spurious relationship at best. I think it's not. It's an effect more than it's a cause, and that was where a lot of steam was being blown off in general, Mm -hmm. and that was just a symptom. I think the turnaround has three major factors. Bennington's been insane, obviously. He's. I mean, that's clear. Tarasenko is just night and day. From New Year's Day. I mean, it's just a completely mm. different player. And then Schwartz's return. I know he's not on the stat sheet as much, but if you look at all his numbers that are, you know, all the stat, all the uh, metrics and analytics and things, say he's been as good or better than he normally is. Mm-hmm. And we always say he's the straw that stirs the drink around here. And we saw it last year when he went down with the injury against Detroit, and we just collapsed after that. So I think we continue to underestimate just how important Jaden Schwartz is to this team. And I know he was here at the start of the season, and we still suck, so it's not all that. But I do think that's a big part. Any more thoughts on why they're... No, I think you nailed it. And do you think they can maintain it? Mm. I mean, not at this pace, obviously, necessarily, but... Uh, I think for the rest of the season, they're headed in the right direction. It's all up from here. Honestly, I don't know. (laughs) You could just see it just bottoming out again? Uh, I don't know about that, but I could see see them going on a little extended losing streak or something. Did you see them missing the playoffs still? Uh, maybe not, but it's close enough. I mean, they did a lot of work, but there's still teams right behind them. Yeah. That if that team, that we, we Any were of so those bad. Other teams could get as hot as we just We got. were so bad. And some of these teams aren't so bad. They're just kind of not doing great right now. It's a suggestion of how bad this conference is that the Blackhawks are now, like, not on our tail, but also not irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I think the weird wheel of teams down there that are just right behind us and at any moment two of them could just get hot and we could just be 500 or you know something like that mm-hmm. scares me a little bit in terms of saying that oh I think we're going to be just fine because who's who's right behind who's like the best team that's not in a wild card spot right now um probably well I mean the Ducks could be if Gibson wasn't dead and but, like, I wonder what the point I'll difference is. I guess maybe a central team. Because we're in third place. Mm-hmm. And I, everything's positive. This, is, this team's played really well. But 
being in third place is not like the they're... Canucks aren't central, but they're yeah. right there. The Wild are clinging on to a playoff spot, and the Avalanche or Blackhawks are about three points back. We, there's not the a huge Oilers, gap. I mean, the Oilers still have McDavid. They're mm-hmm. trash on everything else. And quite frankly, the Coyotes aren't that terrible, <laughs> you know? It's very impressive that we're in third, like from dead last to third. But it's also just as much the fact that they're just bad teams in this conference uh-huh. right now, which is fine. You t- take advantage of that, make it the playoffs, win the cup. No one's going to be talking about, well, there were bad teams last. And that's totally fine. I don't care how you do it. I'm just saying. And we've always joked about yeah. the season the Blues win the cup, you're never going to see it. Yeah, this That's could most certainly be it. <laughs> but it's one of those things where I'm, I, if you're going to ask me, oh, are they, they're they shooting for the playoffs now, or like, let's start talking playoffs, I just don't know. Because this team's been so iffy all season that I can't tell you that that was the team. I don't think that was the team. I think we're more close to the team we are now and what we should be. Uh-huh. There's just too much at play. Yeah. I hope we make the playoffs. I think it's obviously a huge possibility at this point, much better than it ever was before. I'm just scared. Yeah, and there's a follow-up question that intertwines with that, and he says, at the intensity they've been playing at, is it sustainable? They have a very difficult February schedule. Is it possible that they run out of gas out of at this pace? Um, we play Colorado, Minnesota this weekend, then we host Toronto, go to Dallas, host Boston, go to Minnesota. That's also back-to-back. And then we close against Nashville at home. That's the rest of February. That Nashville game is the only one after the trade deadline in February. Uh, uh, in March, you have a, a back-to-back to kick it off, Stars and Hurricanes. And then your next two games are back-to-back against the Kings in L.A., and then you play San Jose, so it's pretty. I mean, it's murderer's row for a couple of weeks there. Yeah, but then you gotta also believe that. I mean, we didn't think they're gonna beat the Lightning or take four points from those Nashville back-to-back. So the second, it's possible that they keep. I mean, not that the, it's a win streak, but that they do really well. If you position yourself well, the second half of March mm-hmm. is a good time to kind of pump the brakes a little bit and ease off the pedal not that you want to take your foot off the throat but you do play Arizona at Ottawa at Pittsburgh but then you host and then at Buffalo sorry Anthony uh host Edmonton host Detroit then host Tampa and Vegas those are tough but then you're at New York and New Jersey so there's a lot of very beatable teams there but you have to get there I think there's reason for hope um, because I think the team's makeup is a little different. We already talked about O'Reilly's an engine. He just never stops. He just literally never stops going. I imagine him, like, pedaling his feet in air as he sleeps. Oh, that sounds exhausting. Um, there's a lot of youth on this team who seem to be hungry and have tons of energy. Kind of like when, um, like, at the very beginning of the Bacchus era that year where we got in in, like, eighth place and maybe even knocked off a team in the first round, but we were just, like, we weren't good, but we were ferocious, you know? Are you tracking with what I'm saying at all? What year was this? Uh, I don't know, like, oh, eight, oh, nine. Like, the first team that was relevant after oh, the yeah. terrible Oh, but we period. but we blew dick, though, in that time. Or, like, when we played Vancouver. Oh, yeah, we did blow chunks, but we got there. They the 4 would us. I was there right, for the four zero and getting into the playoffs. Yeah. That actually, you know what? To be fair, we looked like we were trying super hard, right? And we just weren't 
we were a sixth seed team the to a third. The effort is my point. Yeah. Like, we have the youth where maybe that could happen again. Um, and then they are playing for a coach that they probably hope to keep around. I know we talked about it before, but they like him. So mm-hmm. I think those are good ingredients. Any other thoughts? Lastly, he says, probably most importantly, if Tarasenko and O'Reilly somehow managed to conceive a child, would the league let him play or would it be too unfair to everyone else? Science has gone too far. (laughs) That's all I'll say. say. Science has gone too far. I think the NHL would have to deliberate about it for years to decide because they're a slow-turning machine. But the OHL would allow him to play an exceptional status the moment he put on a pair of skates. He'd be the first ever three-year-old exceptional status player, and he'd tear up the league. And his name would be Tarasenko Riley. Um, they they wouldn't hyphenate it. It'd just be Tarasenko apostrophe. Riley. How about an underscore? Yeah, Tarasenko underscore Riley. In I the year twenty ninety two. I don't know why it has to be that far in the future. The Earthmaster chimes back in and says, <laughs> "Playing off the can Bennington take us through the playoffs thing. You guys have made your feelings about Allen pretty queer, haven't we? I don't have we think so. In? And if he's on the team, if he's off the team next year via buyout or trade, we'll need another goalie." regardless of Bennington being the starter or not, who would your top choices be for a new goalie to compliment Bennington, be it through free agency trade or in-house replacement? I think it would be good to keep in mind the expansion draft in a few years, and that will have to expose a goalie in it. I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Howard does make a lot of sense if you can unload Allen. Um, and, again, I mean, we talked about all the conditions there. Uh what I mean, I I know there will be some people that love this and some people that hate this, but Brian Elliott is out there. Hate. I know you hate it, and that's fine. I mean, he's been bad. He's been injury prone, but he's out there. Um, Nero Alonga's <laughs> out there. Um, there are guys. Real Stan a lot Bowman lately over here. Who have been Jacob Markstrom? I think might be a free agent. You're looking for a guy who can believably be a, a passable 1A. Anders Nilsson. Robin, Robin Leonard's on a one-year deal. Oh, but they're resigning him. Yeah, probably, but maybe not. Anders Nilsson is always available. Yeah, he's just waiting for the call, um, baby. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know, but who's back, who's backing up uh, um, Marc-Andre Fleury these days? Is it the other Subban? Oh, Super God, thing. I don't know. Uh, the is Coyotes it, have three goalies that are decent. Is it the other legacy? Did they have a legacy? Yeah, yeah, they might have. So the problem is there's a lot of... Dis- a lot of it hinges on just how good Bennington is the rest of the year mm. and how much you have to pay him as a result. Um, Varlamov, I think, would be pretty good with the expansion draft in mind, you know, because... You can get a goalie who you can dangle in that draft if Bennington proves to be good enough. Um, but I think it's it's just it's tough to know now yeah. what Bennington is. And even if you can get rid of Allen, because the team may not be willing to buy him out. And if you can't trade him, you screwed. Other thoughts? None. You are just dying. <laughs> I'm just looking into a pit of despair. Last question. 
Word, W-E-R-D, Verd, Verd, Weird, I don't know, I'm sorry, 516 says, what will the Blues do come February 25th, add, subtract, or stay put? We could do a whole episode on this, and we will next week, but my short thoughts are these. The problem <laughs> the Blues have is they don't need simple solutions anywhere. They could use a forward, but they need a top six forward, not a depth forward. They could use a defenseman, but what they really need is a legit left-handed top pairing defenseman, not just a depth body. They could use a goalie, but if they need a goalie, they need like a starting goalie who's clearly better than Bennington, or like a queer substitute if he falls apart at the very least. And so nothing they can get is going to be acquired cheaply. And I don't think, as good as they've been, and maybe some people don't want to hear this, I don't think it's wise right now to overreact and buy rentals. Oh, don't rent Just at because all. Jordan Kyrou's been a little iffy in the NHL yet. And I know there will be people who say that. I know there will be people who say, go get Panarin because you're red hot and Kyrou's been bad in the NHL. Don't go get Panarin mm. for Kyrou. That's insane. I did see a proposal of Shin for Panarin, which is, like, weird. I might do it. But you're losing a year of Shin and probably losing Panarin, too. And Shen's not, I don't know. I mean, he's not a, you need him, too. It's Shen's not, not staying in Columbus, either, so it's not like they're going to get him to, like, yeah, sign and stay there. but at there. least it's one more year, you know. Yeah, I guess. The grass with straws. Yeah, I don't think the Blues are going to do anything. In fact, actually, you know, I'll say... They're going to do a Sashnikov move. They'll trade a pick for a guy, and that's it. Yeah. Just to say that they we went out and we did a depth thing, and that's Doug Armstrong's way of saying, hey, the team's playing a little better, so I added a little thing for them. I, I don't, and I would have no idea who that would be. Yeah. I mean, you've said it, you said it last week, and it's the first time I ever, and you said this as well, the first time I ever remember being remotely okay with the idea of them not yeah, doing anything. I've always wanted to do some big thing one way or the yeah. other. And for us, it's a lot more fun if they go do something. Because mm-hmm. it's excitement, we get to talk about it and overanalyze it and everything. But for the long-term health of the team, I don't know if it's a good idea, which could mean, I don't remember what the team, I mean, we weren't as nearly as good as this, but I don't remember the environment of the team before the Johnson trade, but it's been a, since then that um, Armstrong made some trade that was just way out of left field, so maybe he's got one of those up his sleeve, mm-hmm. and that'd be like awesome and hilarious and shocking but i do i mean i just tend to think just don't do anything stupid the only thing i'll say is even as hot as we've been shen is a free agent in a year and a half you don't know if he's gonna want to sign and stay to be on in the wing where he's been red hot lately um but that's eight game sample size you can't know and Petrangelo and Pareko are eventually going to be a conflict. If you want to extend Petrangelo, you can afford it for now, but then in a couple of years, Pareko, you're going to have to trade him because you can't keep them both at $10 million or whatever. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things where I'm still like, if 
somebody offers you the sun and the stars for Petrangelo and he'll accept the deal, I I don't want to do it because we are red hot, but I don't think this is the year to load up for a cup run anyway. So I think you explore those things, but ultimately I don't think you probably do it. Yeah, I think you'd have to do a lot of legwork in the media as Armstrong to like sell people or the casual yeah, fan or even hardcore get, well, fans you need to get a piece that's like nhl ready yeah but i mean even then i think you'd have to be like look here's the deal it's like we're still going for it because i think people see sell and they think it's over i mean even last year mm-hmm. we sold who stasny uh-huh. and then we still made a pretty good push for it um, but we sucked mm-hmm. one that one point was all on stasny um, so I think, yeah, I think they'd be wise to not do anything yeah. and you'll just see what happens. Any sort of success this year is icing on the cake because I like this eight game streak we're on it. Like you said, it'd be silly to overestimate this. Mm-hmm. I like to think of it this way too. Um, Columbus won like 14 in a row last season, uh-huh. two seasons ago, and they've faced, uh, the Wild, who had won 12 at the time, and they beat them. And do we... Oh, yeah, that was... Man, those are really good... Te- those are good teams. Those are a hot streak. I'm glad both I'm glad was... both of them won the Cup. Oh, wait. Neither of them Wasn't did. Wasn't that the year we beat Minnesota, ultimately? I think so. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm really not trying to say that, like, the, blue, like, the Blues still stink or Enjoy something. Enjoy it, for sure. But just be careful. I mean, remember mm-hmm. how great we were, how red-hot we were after firing Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. And a year and a half later, Yo was fired, which goes back to the Berube point, too. Just, like, enjoy every second of it. Love the ride. It's amazing. We're listening to Gloria. It's great. We're listening to Runaround Sue. It's much better. Uh, but <laughs> just, Debatable. just be careful. Just be smart. Just mm-hmm. don't do... Th- and that's the only reason I talk about the Shen and thing is I think you should have your ear open for everything. Mm-hmm. If... Columbus says, give me Sammy Blay and a third for Timmy Panarin. Sure. You know, they're not going to. But if they do, great. Mm. Absolutely. Go do that, even if it is a rental. But just be smart, be cautious, and realize how good next year could be if you play your cards right. Mm. And that's where we're at. Ian is now asleep. He's on his head. He's comatose. And he has to drive home. So we're going to call it a night. Thank you, lovely people, for listening. 75 episodes is insane, which means 100's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for whatever we do. <laughs> <laughs> what an exciting promo. Remember to hit us Man. up on Twitter if you want to join the trivia team. There are a few spots left. We will talk to you next week. Maybe there will be a big Blues move. Maybe there will be big other moves. We'll be talking about the 12th win in a row. 12 wins in a row. Exciting. Good night. We love you. Game (laughs) over.